Chad? Yes. Do you know where President Barack Hussein Obama was born? Uh, Hawaii? Wrong. That's what they want you to think. You see... Who wants you to think? That's what they want you to think. That he, But in, in reality, Obama is actually a synthetic being created by reptilian aliens, and they, he was created in their secret base, which is built on the inside of our hollow earth. His mission was to take everyone's guns away so we would be defenseless when the aliens decide they want to take over the world. John F. Kennedy was going to reveal this secret mission, but the Illuminati had him killed by a time-traveling assassin from the year 2799. They don't want us to know that the Earth is actually flat, Paul McCartney is dead, the moon landings were fake, and that vaccinations contain secret chemicals that make us susceptible to mind control mess subliminal messages so people keep watching the shark sharknado movies all right you want to know I, where i, I found I, out this out um on the internet exactly i found it on the internet so it has to be true right well i got two questions for you right off the bat al okay go ahead one how can the earth be both hollow and flat and two are you drunk I'm not drunk, but, well, I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, all I know is I run on the Internet on one website. They said that the Earth is hollow, and another one that's, uh, that, you know, it, it, it was flat. And, you know, I mean, it's on the Internet. It has to be true. No well, one I, would put anything. I can, Chad, I no can, one would I, put anything false or misleading on the Internet, would they? Oh, of course not. I can disprove your flat earth theory, though, Al. It's really simple. You know how I disprove that theory? How's that? Cats. Cats. Cats? Cats. You know, cats. Meow. Meow. Cats. How do cats prove that the earth is not flat? Because if the earth was flat, the cats would have pushed everything off of it by now. You're obviously a paid shill by that that secret government organization that doesn't want us to know the earth is flat. Uh gentlemen, he lives at Oh. <laughs> okay, so welcome back to Point of Insanity Game Studio. Al here with my friend Chad and as you've probably guessed by our uh, little banter there, this episode is about conspiracy theories. So before we begin, I mean, when we're going to kind of do three different sections for this episode. We're going to start by taking a look at a definition of, you know, what is a conspiracy theory? We're also going to talk about some conspiracy theories that we've seen in media. And since we are both gamers, we're also going to talk a little bit about how to uh, use conspiracy theories in a role-playing game. So, right. you know, so let's start by how do we define a conspiracy theory? So, Chad, if someone asked you to uh, define what a conspiracy theory is, how would you describe it? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, when I think conspiracy theories, of course, I think of some of the things you talked about in our little introduction there. But conspiracy theories are something that cannot be easily backed through what is known throughout the public uh, realm of knowledge, I would say. So was there a second gunman on the grassy knoll? We don't know. But everything we have throughout history says, no, it was... It was the guy up in the the book depository, you know. But then somebody talks about the magic bullet. And then somebody says, well, obviously there was more than one gunshot. And then somebody else says, well, it had to come from the grassy knoll. And I think it's, it's our minds trying to figure out something that doesn't quite make sense to us. Good. And, you know, that's, that's actually that's, a... 
pretty good definition because um, one of the things that people use to one of the purposes of conspiracy theories, which we're going to get into, is something to try to make sense of, you know, a senseless world. And, you know, right. And I I guess one of the ways I would describe a conspiracy theory, um, it does have some principles that it follows. And usually one of the main things we see in conspiracy theories is this idea that there is something that actually rules the world, a shadow government, that there's these secret organizations that don't want you to know that they exist, and they're actually responsible for, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, they're actually responsible for a lot of the major historical events that we see. And yeah, the Illuminati, the Masons, the the uh, covert uh, reptilian government that runs our runs our government from, you know, underground somewhere in the Nevada desert. Yeah, and and there's lots of popular ones like you know, like the uh Area 51 is an example. You know, the moon landings were uh, you know, we're fake. And then we get into, you know, some more political ones like 9-11 was an inside job. And, you know, Obama was uh, not born in the U.S. and thus is ineligible to become president. So those are some uh, ones that you see a lot today. And when I was giving my little introduction, one thing that you noticed, and I'm glad you picked up on this, is you're like, well, okay, wait a second. How can the world be hollow but flat at the same time? And mm-hmm. that's actually something that uh, – there, there's another podcast I listen to uh, called Monster Talk. And they take a scientific or skeptical look at you know monsters and urban legends. <laughs> what? What the heck was that? <laughs> That, that That is the uh, reptilians. They're fighting with my cats. Oh, okay. So, well, that's good. Your cats are there to protect you from the reptilians. Yeah, yeah. No, we have, we have, some, we have some relatively new cats in the house, and they tend to get in a fight with the, uh, with the uh, old lady. So we may hear that once or twice yet tonight. Okay, so if I hear uh, the fur flying in the background, you're perfectly safe. It's not the... Uh, the reptilian aliens haven't come for you? No, not not unless I quit talking. Oh, okay. But one of the things that you picked up on is, okay, some of the stuff I was mentioning was, you know, contradictory to each other. Or, right. you know, another one like, okay, how could JFK reveal that the moon landings were fake when, you know, the moon landings occurred after he was dead? So, Monster Talk... Another podcast I listen to, uh, it's produced by Skeptic Magazine, and they take both a scientific and skeptical look at paranormal events and things like UFOs, cryptozoology, and they have talked about conspiracy theories and uh, and uh, aliens and UFOs on several occasions. Okay. Uh, also, a little side point that doesn't have anything to do with this, this episode they did do an episode about the satanic panic called LD20 Diablo. So <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're interested in in that kind of stuff, I recommend checking it out, but um there was one they did not too long ago about conspiracy theories and the guests they had that you know mentioned that the more you tend to believe in conspiracy theories, the more likely you are to believe in conspiracy theories that contradict each other. And, you know, one of the examples is, you know, they gave uh, about Osama bin Laden. Is he, you know, is he still alive or, you know, did he die before the government told us he was dead? And how there's people that, you know, they try to believe or they try to find a way to to believe both theories. Right. And, you know, so I just I'm glad you picked up on that. That good listening on your part, Chad. Well, you know, it's one of those things. I am a huge fan of conspiracy theories. And not for the reason of, well, I believe this is really what's happening. It, it, 
to me, it's a way to keep your mind busy thinking about alternate alternative realities. And I like to take those and, you know, I, I like to run Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. I love to put, you know, conspiracy theories or, or flavor of conspiracy into those games because that to me just gives it a fuller body of work, a fuller flavor of, of, of the game, of the of the black, dark, noir world that, you know, Call of Cthulhu is set in. Yeah, that makes sense because I, I, I actually I, I predict – I thought that you would probably bring that up because I know you're a big fan of the game and just what I know about it. It seems that that's the perfect setting to do conspiracy theories. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on in the show. But so when I was, um, you know, reading about conspiracy theories, there's different people that have their own definitions of it. And one of the, the one of the definitions said that there's three general principles to a conspiracy theory. Okay. First, nothing happens by accident. Uh, so if for some reason they, you know, close down, I don't know, the, a school in your, in your city, there's mm-hmm. a reason why they close it. That's not, there's nothing accidental or, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, you, um, you know, normal about it. There, there's a reason why they right. did that. Um, right. Also, that leads into the next thing, you know, nothing is as it seems, and then finally, there's this belief that everything is connected. So mm-hmm. you might have, you know, event A and event B that are occurring in different places, maybe different times, but they're actually connected when you start doing, you know, looking underneath everything. Right. And, you know, not that it was a conspiracy theory, but to kind of highlight those three points you're talking about. So the first one, again, was. Uh, that nothing is um, by accident. So, like you said, the school being closed. Um, I don't remember earlier this year, I don't remember if you heard about the shootings in Wassa. I did not, no. Okay, so there was there was a shooting in Wassa, and we got this automated message from the school saying that our daughter's schools had been put on the lockdown. And then the next message we got was, well, they were put on the lockdown because there was a bank robbery in the area. Okay. We didn't worry too much about it because, you know, a bank robber, what's he going to do? He's going to go to the bank. He's going to rob it. He's going to get to the highway as fast as he can and get the hell out of town. So at that same time, we hear about a shooting that happened at a lawyer's office. So this is all going on at the same time. So even though they seemed not connected, what really happened in the end, we found out, was that a guy, his wife had filed for divorce. He was not taking it well. He went to her place of business, which was a bank. Um, she wasn't there, so he shot two other people. Um, then went to her lawyer's office and shot her lawyer. And then later on, we found out that he had went back to his home and was in a standoff with the police, which ended up in him being shot. And he, he eventually died. He didn't die at the time. but So it was all these different things, and we're hearing all these different pieces of things and why things are happening and they don't really seem connected until, you know, at a later time. So at a later time, you find out, you know, he went from the bank to the law office, which wasn't too far away. And then from there, he went to his apartment. And because everything was happening in such a, in such a way, you know, we're worried about our kids in school. We're worried about, you know, people in our neighborhood, that kind of thing. And though, so we're hearing things at different times, but they all sound like they're going on, you know, silently simultaneously and there's no way for this guy to be in all three places at once but in the end you find out it's just a matter of understanding how these three different things um you know kind of worked out together as being the same person so you know it kind of proves those three points can happen in even a normal news story but with a conspiracy theory you just don't get that nice wrap on the back side of it Okay. You know, there's there's not necessarily something that brings them all together that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point because, um, and you know, as a parent as well, I can certainly understand that. You know, if you got a text or a call, uh, automated call from you know your your kid's school that it's in lockdown because of a shooting, yeah, that that's 
going to send any parent into panic mode. Yeah. Ex- oh, yeah. It was a, it was a horrible afternoon. Yeah, and of course you're, you know, I'm sure everyone believed, you know, breathed a sigh of relief when they found out that, well, you know, for the parents, the kids at that school, when, you know, the kids weren't in any danger, but they were taking that precaution, which, you know, I, I, I don't, honestly, I don't blame them for doing that. No, absolutely not. And in, in retrospect, but, you know, it's it's one of those things because, you know, when I was a kid, they didn't have anything such as lockdown. Your school never went into lockdown, you know. So the fact that they wouldn't let you go get your kids, your kids weren't allowed to leave. You know, they were on lockdown for like four hours. It was five o'clock at night before our kids finally got home and all that kind of fun stuff. So, you know, but I, I wasn't talking so much about that. And, and you know, as a, as a parent, I get that you understand that as well. But it was more about how these three bits work together. You know, in a normal news story, they kind of all come together nicely because you watch it on the evening news and they're like, this is what happened. And with conspiracy theories, there might be no really good way to, you know, put these pieces together. But somebody sits down and they see these these threads of possibility. That's what I like to call them. They're like threads of possibility. And they, they weave these together to a story that sounds believable or almost believable or at least believable enough that you might go, huh. And so I think that, and that's why I think conspiracy theories, um, one of the things you have in our notes here is, is that they're popular. And that's why I think they're so popular is because they're almost like news. Yeah, and uh, you bring up a good point. And for some reason, it got me thinking of, uh, now, I don't, I don't know if you ever watched the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. No, I have not. I've heard of it, well, but I have not seen it. One of the characters in there that plays um, a fairly ma- a major role in the first season is uh, a character known as the Question, and okay. he and he is a you know he's a conspiracy theory, and you know he's a conspiracy theory or a conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to make sure. I mean, it's possible he could be a conspiracy theory. Yeah, and, um, he uh, he's one of those guys that tries to look for connections in everything, and. Like when they show this one scene where a couple of heroes are visiting him in his his quarters, you know, he's got the bulletin board with all the lines drawn between, you know, different things like they're trying to make connections. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's just what I was going to when you're talking about how, OK, you're trying to take, you know, here's event A, you're trying to see how does it relate to event, event B. Well, maybe event A relates to event D which relates to event C, which somehow brings it back to B. Right, right. So, yeah, these conspiracy theories, they have been around for a long time. And I think, you know, really it's been the last 150 or so years that they've really started to, you know, become, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, they become more, well, not really mainstream, but more widespread. Yeah. They become popularized. Yes. So why do you think that conspiracy theories have gotten so popular? Well, because I think if if presented to you in the right way, you can find any conspiracy theory. And if you get it presented to you in the right way, it makes you think, are you necessarily going to buy it? No. But does it make you go, well, we can't we can't figure it out here in the real world, you know, how did the guy in the book depository shoot JFK? I mean, the distance, the angle, you know, all this stuff they've pointed out over and over again that makes the shot. And and the key word here is they always say it makes the shot almost impossible. Okay. But almost is a very important word in that sentence. Almost doesn't mean it is impossible. Um, and so I think it, it just broadens the mind. It makes people think and wonder about, okay, so this is what we've been told. You know, and that's the other thing is nobody trusts government anymore. Everybody thinks their government is out to, to pull the wool over their eyes, to screw you over somehow, to lie to you, to cheat you, to, you know, <clears throat> you, it, it's hard to find anybody nowadays who goes, you know, I do trust my government. You know, and that's just a way of life. That's just the way 
at least as Americans, it's really hard to find someone who goes, yeah, I trust our government, especially now. And that's all I'll say about that. But <laughs> um, so I think it's because it's it's believable, it's palatable, and it's it's the answers that the government is holding from you. What are your thoughts? Why do you think it's so popular? I personally think there's three reasons why – or three main reasons why conspiracy theories have become so popular and widespread. Now, let's be honest. People make money off of these theories. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to name names, but you know there are – Giorgio? I'll name names. Ah, yes. That guy, the one who – Giorgio, Giorgio Sokolis. Yes. That dude is a multi-millionaire off of alien conspiracies. Yeah. He's the guy, in in case you haven't seen him, I'm sure you've, the listeners, you've probably at least seen a picture of him, even though you might not recognize his name. His hair looks like he just stuck a fork in an electrical socket. And he has this thing where, you know, usually there's a picture of him talking with his hands in front of his face. And he's always like, basically, if something can't be explained, what caused it? Aliens. Exactly. It's like he'll, you know, they have him on a show and he'll be like, see this this piece of ancient Egyptian pottery? This ancient Egyptian pottery is clearly too advanced for the ancient Egyptians. There's only one possible explanation. Aliens. aliens! Yes, and so yeah, I'm he's sure one of those called guys. aliens anymore. They're now ancient astronauts. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, ancient astronauts. But well, I'll, yeah, I'll be the first one to admit, I love his series, Ancient Aliens. See, and one of the things about that Giorgio guy, at least we can look at the stuff he's doing and find some entertainment value behind it. Yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, there are people that the money they make off of these theories, it's anything but lighthearted or fun. Like, usually, well, let me give you an example. The Sandy Hook shootings from, okay. uh, what was it, 2012? Um, mm, but Was it that early? I thought it was about 2015. Yeah. But you know what? You talk about it, I'll look at the internet. Because... Okay. The Sandy Hook shooting, for any listeners outside the U.S., in case you haven't heard of it, there was it was a school shooting where a lot of the victims were, you know, ele- it was an elementary school. So there were a lot of younger uh, kids that were killed by the, the gunmen. And there were people who were saying that it was a false flag operation, that you know, the the kids who died there, they didn't really die. They were just actors. And they actually went after people whose, you know, kids were known to have died in this this terrible event. And they were saying, oh, your kid's not real. Your kid was just an actor. Your kid didn't die. And, you know, so like I said, it's just, that's what I mean when some people say that they make money off of this stuff because they run, they have, you know, podcasts or websites or radio networks that they set up where they peddle these theories and yeah, they make money off of saying that, okay, this is a false flag operation. Uh, another example, the Boston Marathon bombings. Okay. You know, an act of terrorism. Let me let me stop you for a second. So okay. you were right. The Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting was December 14th, 2012. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember it happening in uh, winter. So, yeah. But that's what I mean where there's – while there's the fun stuff, you know, the, the Giorgio guy who, okay, he makes lots of money trying to tell us that, you know, the only way that the pyramids or Stonehenge could have been built was aliens – but then you have people who basically, okay, I'm probably going to offend some people by saying this, but they fill the heads of people who don't have a critical mind where they hear someone say, 
oh, that of, you know, that, that terrorist attack, that was actually, uh, you know, a secret government, you know, operation because they want to use that as an excuse to come in and take all your guns. So <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh at that because it's a very serious thing you're saying here, but it's just, and that's the problem with a society as diverse as America is is you're going to have the critical thinkers, people like I, I assume myself and you, you know, where we look at something and we go, that just doesn't make any sense. And you're going to have the people who can be spoon-fed anything if it's if it's made, you know, sweet enough. Yeah. And the, the other reason, and again, I'm going to get a bit more political here, so if you don't want to hear about... Make, I'll try to control my laughter. <laughs> okay. So hopefully you won't... Uh, yeah, if, if you don't want to hear about political stuff, you might want to fast forward a little bit. But another reason I think that popu- that conspiracy theories are so popular and widespread is it allows people to justify, and I'm making the little air quotes, their beliefs. A good example, look at the Obama birther conspiracy. And... You know, so there were people, they were saying, you know, they, and Chad, to this day, yes, I know people who still think Obama is an undercover Muslim who was born in Kenya. So, when, when you yeah, look... Yeah, but I gotta say, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I not... forgot, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Donald came out and said he never said anything like that, so... But I, I suppose Basically, if you go the president, back and read his tweets. The current president never said that Obama wasn't born in the United States. Just like, just like he said that if he was elected, he'd be too busy to play golf. Yeah, me too. But anyways, um, so... But I think when you look back at uh, the Obama birth certificate conspiracy, it points out the frustration of dealing with people who believe these theories. Basically, anytime you present a conspiracy theory believer with evidence that contradicts their this theory they believe in, what is their usual response? Either Well, there's a couple of them. You're either misinformed or you are part of the conspiracy or you're just not intelligent enough to understand what's going on. Yep. And in the case of the, you know, Obama, when he released his short form birth certificate, you know, what did the people, what did the birthers say? Oh, that, I don't believe it. That's a fraud. That's, that's obviously a forgery. So then they released the long form. Oh, I don't believe it. It's a forgery. It's like, seriously, unless you invent a time machine and take <laughs> these people back in time, they'll probably never accept the fact that Obama was born in Hawaii. And, and and even if you do take these people back in time and set them right there and they can watch Obama being born, they're going to say that somehow the conspiracy, people running the conspiracy made it happen so that it looked that way. But that's not the true history. Yes, actually what happened is um, we drugged, when we took you into the time machine, we actually drugged you and took you to a, a set where there was someone who looked like Obama's mother. And, you know, yeah, it's... And they were using holograms, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, probably. But at least if you're going to drug me, Al, all I ask is that you give me the good stuff. <laughs> okay, but yeah, that is, you know, it's it's sad that they use it to justify their beliefs. And you did make up, you did bring up a good point. I don't know if you want to say it's a measure of pride or satisfaction that, you know. I know the truth. You, you're just a sheeple that, you know, believes everything. So, well, you know, it it really depends. It depends on if the person that is perpetrating the conspiracy theory itself, um, not necessarily who invented the conspiracy theory, but the person that's out there going, this is what really happened. I, you know, this, this, and this. I think it comes down to a measure of intelligence to a certain degree because did somebody tell them about it and they just sucked it up and said, this is it. This is how it happened. Or, you know, are they purposefully using this to gain prestige or gain wealth or gain something? What are they gaining out of it? 
That's the thing I, you know, that I don't get. Now, there are a few conspiracy theories out there that I kind of do buy into. And I'm get, and it's not hard to figure out which ones they are. Because I've talked about them in the past on other shows. I've talked to people I know about them. I think aliens are real. Okay? I do. It's just, it's just what the years of me doing personal research and looking at things and hearing things and reading things, I think they're real. Does that mean that I'm going to turn around and try to convince you, Al, that they're real? And I don't know what, I honestly don't know what your views on it are, Al, and it doesn't matter because I'm not going to do that. It's my personal belief done through research and understanding on my own personal level. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, you might remember a few episodes. Well, I remember it was like a couple months ago. Remember, we did the episode with Lou where we talked about, you know, are we alone? So, right. Yeah. And yeah, as far as aliens, yes, I believe that there is intelligent life in other parts of the universe. I just don't think that they've made it here to, you know, and I don't think they're stealing cows and chickens from you know Farmer Bob every night. Right, and that's that's where you and I kind of diverge a little bit. Now that you're bringing that back up again, I remember that. I personally think they're here among us. Okay. Well, how uh, else do you explain Dennis Rodman? <laughs> Sorry, I, I I stole that from. Uh, you've probably seen Men in Black, right? Yes. Yep. You know where it's like they were. They just mentioned something about Dennis Rodman being an alien. But anyways. <laughs> My favorite line from that movie, actually, I quoted it earlier tonight. I was sitting here talking with someone, and I said, Elvis is not dead. He just went home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the other thing that I think makes uh, conspiracy theories dangerous, not all of them, but some of them, mm-hmm. is it allows people to blame another group, you know, whether it's members of a certain race, a religion, you know, an organization, it allows them to assign blame to another entity without actually proving it. Um, One example that comes to mind, back in 2001, my wife and I went down to Florida, and it was, you know, just a couple weeks after 9-11. Okay. And we were staying at her cousin's house. Now, her cousin... Uh, he's married, um, her, her cousin, she's married to a guy who originally was from, he's originally from Egypt and, okay. you know, he was, he was raised a Muslim, but as far as I know, he doesn't really follow most of it anymore. But I remember while we were there, there was a printout that, you know, he showed us and I don't remember if it was from a coworker or a friend of his, but it was from an email that was saying that. Israel was actually responsible for uh, the 9-11 attacks, and they just tried to make it look like Muslims did it. Um, another example is, I don't know, don't know if you ever heard of a book called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. I've heard of it. I, I've never read it, and I don't really know what it's about, but I have heard that name in, in reading stuff. Yeah, and basically what the... Protocols of the Elders of Zion is it's a, a anti-Semitic work that is essentially it, it it probably is one of the origins for there's the conspiracy theory that you know Jews are trying to take over the world. Oh yeah, that's 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 an old one. Yeah, so that's uh, one of the things that helped that uh, you know that uh, particular theory. Uh, rise. So that's another, that's what I mean when I say it's something that if you choose to believe in conspiracy theories, then it, again, you're, you're blaming another group for something, but you're not actually presenting any evidence that they are actually guilty of anything. Mm-hmm. So, well, now that the educational, informative part of the show is done, let's move on to the fun now? stuff. What's that? We get to have fun now? Yeah, let's have fun! All right, what are we going to talk about? Okay, so conspiracy theories have been pictured in media in a variety of ways. So when we talk about conspiracies in media, whether it's movies or TV shows, what is the thing that comes to your mind? Oh, boy. 
It's got to be aliens, man. That's the big one. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and anything made by Oliver Stone. <laughs> okay. You know, That's... Oliver Stone did a few movies about what we would consider conspiracy theories, the death of JFK, uh, the death of um, Doris Frontman. Um, what was his name? I'm drawing a blank here. Who was the lead singer for The Doors, Al? Come on, Jim man. Morrison. Jim Morrison. The death of Jim Morrison. He did a movie called The Doors where he made it very obvious that maybe he wasn't dead, okay? And he made it very obvious in the JFK movie that there was more than one gunman. And, you know, it's just these these things that um, the media, as you call it, like the, the movie makers, they like to put these little twists in there because, A, it, it sells more watches. You know, more people are going to go watch it if, they get that little bug in the back of their head that maybe Jim Morrison isn't dead. Or they get that little bug in the back of their head that goes, maybe there was another gunman on the grassy knoll. That's the only way that could have happened, you know, kind of thing. And so I think, you know, but, but the big one, the big one has always been aliens, independence day, independence day, resurrection, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Mars attacks. Even though that was done in a humorous way, it was still about aliens. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would have to say for me, the thing that I always think about is X-Files. And that's where I was going to go next. You just beat me to it. <laughs> so I, I watched the occasional episode of X-Files, but it wasn't a show that I was, that I really got, um, you know, really hooked into were, mm-hmm. did you re- watch a lot of X-Files? I watched, uh, let's see. I started watching it on Netflix when they released it on Netflix. And I watched, um, I believe up through like season five. And at that point to me, it got kind of stale and kind of every episode was the same. So I kind of stopped watching it. Yeah. Cause um, from, from what I understand, um, it started out more like, cause okay, you got your two characters, Mulder and Scully, where, you know, they're the FBI and they work on these case, unsolved cases that may have paranormal roots to them. And you've got one of them, uh, Scully, who is the skeptic, and then Mulder, who is the believer. So it's, it's even, it's even further than that because Scully was put in there. To prove that Mulder was a nutcase so they could get rid of him. Yeah, so essentially it was a buddy cop show where yeah. they're trying to they're they're working on paranormal cases, but one's a believer, the other's a skeptic. And it, I believe the way a friend of mine described it is that a lot of the earlier episodes was monster of the week, where yeah. they were investigating Bigfoot or a UFO or some other weird thing. But then as the show progressed eventually you find out that there is this, there is in fact a UFO conspiracy and you know, you've got the power behind the throne, this shadow government that's really in charge. You know, it's not, and, and that is actually a, you know, a theory we do see in real politics where there are people that say, okay, the U S government, you know, the president and Congress and Senate, the Rep- House of Representatives, they're not really in charge. They're just following orders from, I think they call it the deep government, which is, of or the course, black government, or, yeah, I've heard it called a lot of things, but yeah. Which is, of course, made of the, you know, their wealthiest donors and businessmen that make sure they do what they want, you know, that they want them to do. Um, yeah, so, the NWO, the New World Order, and the Illuminati are usual, the two usual suspects. Yeah, and, and in the case of X-Files, it's because you've got the this group of, you know, the shadow government that, you know, they found out that there's these aliens that they're going to try to destroy humanity and take over the Earth. But they made some sort of deal with them so that when this happens, they're, you know, them and their families are spared. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you do get to this point where um, you, it, it does turn out that it's not just a you know, a show about a couple people investigating Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, there is actually something very deep and very sinister going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I enjoyed X-Files in the beginning. 
I never watched it when it was on originally because the theme music alone scared me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know... I can't remember how it goes. Anyways, go on. That sounded more like Jeopardy, but okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's shows like that. It shows that people get wrapped up into the show and then they start to forget that it's a show. You know, it's not quote unquote based in reality because if this, this shadow government group existed, X Files wouldn't. Well, because if it was that close to them. See, I don't know about that because have you ever seen the first live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? You mean the ones with the horrible costumes back yes. in the 90s? <laughs> yes. I love those movies. Well, remember, there's that scene where they're they're trying to decide how they're going to cover up that you know that corporation that Baxter Stockman's working for. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to you know figure out how they're going to cover up this this toxic chemical spill. And I remember that character was saying sometimes the best place to hide is out in the open. So maybe if there is this sinister shadow government, they would allow shows like X Files to be made because people it would make people start to think, oh, that's so ridiculous, it could never happen. I suppose. It's kind of along the same lines of, um, what is the guy, who's the guy who owns um, SpaceX? Elon Musk. Okay. Elon Musk came out not too long ago, actually, and said that he believes 100% that we live in a Matrix-like reality. I've heard of that. I'm not and, sure what is the rationale or the justification is or how it could be possible, but I have heard of that, yes. Uh, basically, his, his rationale behind it was humans as a creature are not as smart as we think we are. And that if we didn't live in this matrix-type world where the world can be manipulated by a certain number of people to allow us to have these steps forward in in um, our ability to do things that the human race would have been gone a long time ago. But to take someone like Elon Musk, who is, I mean, SpaceX, uh, uh, Virgin Records, is that him too? There's, I think that's Richard Branson. Oh, yeah, you're right, Branson. But um, Elon Musk, he's just, oh, um, Tesla, um, all these big groups of, you know, super intelligent people and the man is intelligent. He's kind of an idiot, but he's intelligent, you know, as far as um, how we measure intelligence. And so he's maybe more, he's book smart, but straight stupid. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, where he is, yeah, he is intelligent and... He's a wizard, Harry. Yeah, he, he, so yeah, he is intelligent, but he doesn't, he lacks a bit in common sense. Is that what you're trying to say? Exactly. He, he's a wizard from D&D because, you know, wizards have the book intelligence where clerics have that wisdom, that street smarts. So yeah. he's a wizard. Okay. <laughs> um, so. But, you know, for him to come out and say that and in, in all sincerity and actually mean it, you know, and then the movie exists. So that tells me that maybe your theory is right. Maybe that, you know, people are starting to believe this. So let's make this Hollywood movie and then everybody will go, Oh, it's a movie. And uh, it's silly. Cause if it's a movie, it's obviously not going to be a real thing. Yeah. And when you're, we're talking about movies, we also can't forget men in black. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Though from what I've heard though, the uh, thing about men in black is the comic book. It was based on mm-hmm. very, very different from the movie series where, you know, the movies made it more, uh, made it more family friendly, whereas the comic was a lot more violent. Yep, it was a lot more violent, a lot darker. Yeah, that's what I meant to say, darker. So, um, and again, that's based on a real conspiracy theory that you know there's these government agents, the Men in Black, who you know they're always watching you. As a matter of fact, I can see one outside my window right now, even though we're recording this at you know at night and it's dark outside. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Mr. Guy in the dark sunglasses at night and the black fedora and the black suit. I see you. Don't think I don't see you. 
doesn't matter if you see him. If you see him, it's already too late. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> But, yeah, that's what I mean. And outside um, your window, no habla inglés. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, the, the Men in Black is another example where we see, you know, a popular, well-known conspiracy that gets uh, translated into a form of media. Uh, in uh-huh. this case, you know, comic book and then uh, the movies. And did they ever make a Men in Black cartoon? I don't think so. Okay. I've never seen one. I've never seen it or heard of it, so I doubt it. Yeah, and I don't but, think they ever made any Men in Black toys either. They had a line, um, I'm pretty sure, but um, I, I don't know why they wouldn't have made it with the movie. Okay. So I'm going to do a little Google Images search here and see if we can't find ourselves um, some Men in Black or some Men in Black um, cre- or Men in Black. What am I trying to say here? Men in Black toys. Men in Black merchandise. So, there but we go. while you're looking into that, another thing I was actually thinking about earlier today: the Satanic Panic. That you know, looking back at it, it kind of did have the markings of a conspiracy theory, because you had these people who believed that there was this underground network of Satanists that you know would do just about every unspeakable crime you can imagine. Um, you know, like some of the things that they would supposedly they would, uh, you know, kidnap children to sacrifice them or they would kidnap teenage girls and use them to breed babies for sacrifice. And uh, you know, then, of course, we know about the satanic panic from, you know, being role players and how, you know, they said that Dungeons and Dragons was going to lead kids into the occult and into Satanism. So. I guess looking at it that way, I always I kind of see the satanic panic as a conspiracy because you had a lot of people that were looking for things that weren't really there. Right. So to jump back here to Men in Black merchandise, yes, it does exist. It looks to be collector item stuff. Okay. Like there's a neuralizer, a noisy cricket. They've got some like uh, J and K um, bobblehead type things and worm guy. So they didn't have, like, a line of Men in Black action figures? Well, no. They look to be, like, little statues. Okay. what I'm seeing. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, it's out there, but it's not as – it was. It doesn't look like it was a toy line. It looks more like it was for the serious collector kind okay. of thing. Okay. So more of the collectibles aimed at adults. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the bobbleheads that you would put on your desk at work. Right. Okay. So, oh, yeah. man, we have a Frank the Pug. Oh, yes. <laughs> Okay, set that aside till later. I'm going to have to look at that. I might have to own myself a Frank the Pug. Pugs are cute. Don't, <laughs> don't know if I'd ever want to own one, but they're cute little dogs. They have so many health issues. I have friends that have them, and they have so many health issues. I'd never own one, but they are cuter than shit. <laughs> so uh, let's talk now about gaming. So we've talked a little bit about how people have defined conspiracy theories, what we mm-hmm. think are some examples of conspiracy theories, and also how we've seen conspiracy theories portrayed in media. So let's talk now about gaming. You know, of course, we're role players, and we talk a lot about role-playing games on this uh, podcast. So you mentioned Call of Cthulhu, and I think we were both thinking along the same lines that it's a setting that does lend itself very well to this idea of, you know, secret organizations. So, since you're more into the Cthulhu stuff and Call of Cthulhu than I am, why don't you explain why you think Call of Cthulhu, that it's a a game system that works well with conspiracy theories? So, with Call of Cthulhu, I think the thing that makes it very easy for conspiracy theories to be used in is, well, it's kind of that way anyway. Call of Cthulhu is set in, well... It's got a few different settings, but the main one that people play is the 1920s slash 1930s. So right from the flapper area right up until about the start of the um, Great Depression. That's where most of the uh, most of the written material comes from. Now, of course, with that, you know, the big thing about Call of Cthulhu is that the world you live in is a veil that keeps us unknowing of all the creepy stuff out there. And the average everyday person has no idea about this kind of stuff. 
Now, when you play the game, you're a what they call an investigator. Now, whether or not you start out as a, a seasoned investigator, someone who's seen stuff and 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 can't explain it, or you've seen stuff that you know would turn the average person's hair white is the way they kind of put it all the time is one thing. But most of the time when I run a game, the people I play with, I start them out as they're whatever they are. They're, a, you know, they're a professor, they're a teacher, they're a police officer or whatever. And you pull them into this scenario. So they're not quote unquote willing investigators. So you have a bunch of different skills based on whatever it is you're playing. And there's one skill called, uh, Cthulhu Mythos. It's the only skill you have that you want to keep really low. So everybody starts the game with 0% Cthulhu Mythos. Anytime that you encounter something otherworldly, something that isn't of the world, you know, the, the main world, you get to usually make a sanity check. And then if it's, a, if it's horrific enough for you, you will gain mythos knowledge. If you gain the mythos knowledge, that means you know a little bit about the unknown. You know a little something about what the whole world thinks is X. You actually know is Y because you were there. You saw it happen. But it's such a difference from what is reported to the world that nobody would believe you even if you did tell them the truth. So... When you're out there espousing what you saw, telling people what you saw, nobody believes you. You become that crazy conspiracy theorist. So it fits in there really nice. I like to take an actual conspiracy theory, though, sometimes, and I'll set it in a different time period. Like, I have used the whole gunman thing from the JFK assassination. Now, of course, in 1930, they weren't shooting, you know, John F. Kennedy, but it's somebody else, some other thing and you know it's like oh this guy did it uh, uh, uh al-hiba al-harahi you know whatever and and that's the thing is in this in this game because of the time it set in a lot of egyptians a lot of middle easterners um and and uh that sort of thing and and a lot of uh, southern voodoo practitioners are your bad guys they're the ones that are in the know. They're the ones that are part of the cults that are trying to bring forth these big, bad, evil baddies. Um, and also because it's based on the writings of H.P. Lovecraft, who was a well-known racist, huge racist. Um, but you're able to use these things and you're able to slip conspiracies into the game and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, pull away from the effectiveness of the game. See, I look at it the same way, like in if I'm going to run a, a, a Dungeons & Dragons game or a Pathfinder game, you have to be a little more particular about what kind of conspiracy theory you'd bring into it. Because I can't say there was a second Bowman on the grassy knoll. You know, mm -hmm. when somebody gets shot with an arrow, you can see exactly what direction it came from. It You know, it's it, it doesn't work the same way. But in the 30s, I've got guns. So if I want to say it looks like, you know, this guy shot him, but it was really Joe Joe Johnson over here that shot him, it's a whole lot easier. And I can use clues and, and, and puzzles to prove to the players that this guy didn't actually do it. It was this guy over here. You know, and, and so to me, it's just a lot of fun. And that's that's the place for conspiracy theories uh, because doing it in real life, other than, like I said, the couple of conspiracy theories that I kind of buy into. Um, I think I, I just think that setting that call of Cthulhu setting is the easiest one to use conspiracy theories in. Yeah. And, and, and the most, oh, and the most fun of the, of the platforms to use conspiracy theories in. Yeah. And, and I definitely agree with what you're saying and where you're going. Cause just from, I said, I'm not, I don't know as much about Cthulhu and the mythos and the works of Lovecraft that you do, but from what I've I have read. Plan, I have a plan for that, my friend. Uh-oh. <laughs> you, you are going to get some exposure to Call of Cthulhu in January. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, 
Um, I'm, I'm running a Call of Cthulhu tournament at Evercon this year, and uh, you're going to get a slot in one of the, the pol- preliminaries, at least. And maybe, you know, you're, you've been role-playing long enough. You might make it to the final table. Okay. Well, we'll have to check that out. But, yeah, because from what little I know about Lovecraftian Cthulhu stuff, it seems to me that there is that the underlying theme that some things are best left unknown to you. And you make a good point about how, you know, the in this world where there are these dark supernatural powers that are, you know, manipulating things behind, behind the scenes, it does fit that, you know, your people could very well see that person who believes in these theories as being crazy, which... This is one way I think it would be fun to work a conspiracy theory into a game, especially if it's like more of a modern day setting. Mm -hmm. Pick a conspiracy, but let's say this conspiracy is true. So maybe there is this group of, you know, extraterrestrials that are secretly manipulating the world's governments, you know, to fulfill their own needs. Well, you know, most people aren't going to believe that, but your characters somehow find evidence that makes them realize, hey, this conspiracy is true. So how do we tell it to other people without them, you know, locking us up in an insane asylum? Right. Uh, because in that case, then it gets to this idea that you don't know who you can really trust. Exactly. And I think there is one way that you... I've heard that you can work conspiracy theory type stuff into a fantasy campaign. Now, you mentioned the Matrix before and Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Dan, who does the Radio Free Borderlands podcast. Right. Uh, this was, I'm wanting to say it was maybe two years ago or so, maybe a little longer. Um, he, you know, did that. Well, remember, we did an episode, Idea Theft. And I ripped that idea off from Dan because he did a an episode called Cinema Theft where he had, a I think, like one or two of his other friends there and they're like, okay, let's think of some movies. How can you take inspiration from that and put it into a Dungeons and Dragons game? And one of his friends who was on that show uh, used The Matrix as an example where you are living in this illusionary world. However, you're not being kept in this illusionary world by robots, but mind flayers or, you know, some other creature that has strong psychic powers. So I can honestly see that as being a a very interesting way to incorporate a conspiracy theory into, you know, into a campaign. You know, I think that would work really cool. And, and. In that case, you don't want to leave their little world because who wants to fight a mind flayer? Exactly. And so that's just, those are just a couple of ways that, you know, I think there'd be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, if you choose to have an underlying conspiracy in your campaign, but, you know, the players aren't meant to find it, you know, of course, you're going to have to do a little bit of investigative role playing where, you know, you want to give the players just enough clues to let make them look into the theory, even if they're not supposed to know it quite yet. Correct. So, Chad, do you have any final thoughts for today's show? I, I no. I mean, really, I think conspiracy theories are fun. Most of them, like you, you pointed out a few of the political ones. I tend not to go too much towards the political ones, other than the JFK assassination, just because that one intrigues me. Uh, not that I necessarily think there was a gunman on the on the grassy knoll, but um, you know I'm big into the alien conspiracies. I like uh, cryptozoology. I like the the hunt for you know Loch Ness and for uh, Bigfoot and that kind of stuff. But do I necessarily believe those things are real? No, not necessarily. Uh, but are they fun to speculate about? Absolutely. So I say. Conspiracy theories are fine as long as you can keep grounded in reality Yep. and they, they can be a lot of fun. But other than that, you know, I say maybe someday we'll find out that all of these conspiracy theories are actually the truth. So even the ones where that obviously contradict each other? 
Absolutely, because why can't you have – now, they say a flat earth, but they don't say how thick it is. That is so true. At Earth, that's hollow in the middle, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, missing the peanut butter and jelly. That is true. So, well, I think we're done for today. So I'd like to thank you all for listening. And hopefully the uh, men in black don't prevent you from hearing this episode. So I'd like to thank you again for tuning in and have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. And happy gaming. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio. <laughs>